cut my hair today. <laughs> we cut your hair today. It Quarantine was, haircut. Yep. It was time. It was so long and annoying. Yeah. Thank you for helping for the back and the sides. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. I feel like it it's looks very pretty satisfying feel to like cut hair. It looks pretty good. I'm, I'm happy with it. I mean, it's not like as good as normally is. I'm not going to cut my hair. I just bought hair elastics. <laughs> ponytail. We're just going to grow it. April 19th. Starting with data. There's lots of data coming in. There's always lots of data. We've been ignoring it mostly mm. because our testing numbers case numbers don't represent real numbers mm-hmm. of infected people mm-hmm. but there are numbers so i think we've said here before that we are flattening the curve in ontario and the reason that we say that need to be high la- high yawn <laughs> the reason that we say that is from looking at the ICU hospitalization, ICU ventilation data. If you look at the number of people who are hospitalized, here's the graph I'm looking for. Yes. So over the past, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight days, really. Mm Mm-hmm. The number of people in the ICU and on a ventilator has stayed pretty constant mm-hmm. between 188 to 196 people um, on a ventilator and between 48 to 65 people in the ICU not ventilated. Mm-hmm. And then the numbers of hospitalized people um in total have been going up a little bit mm-hmm. but not a lot mm-hmm. um and canada overall is doing very well i think you were just looking at a graph today that showed that the r value we have our r not value around one well it hit it looks like it hit one and then it just bounced off the line a little mm, bit taking up a bit just ever so slightly above one now, but so that if we get it below one, that means that for every infected person, on average, they'll infect less than one person, and that means it dies out. Yeah. So this is like mostly good news in Canada and Ontario, but yeah. Um, the thing is that this was achieved with a lot of work, obviously. Yeah. With a lot of us staying home and not doing the things we want to do and industries shut down and we kind of have to keep it that way Mm -hmm. until we have an exit strategy Mm -hmm. um, which will involve a lot of testing and surveillance Mm -hmm. and Alberta in Alberta they're kind of they had their are not below one Mm -hmm. and then they had an outbreak up well, there's two outbreaks I've heard of it in Alberta. One the meat in the oil plant? sands and one at a meat packing plant. Yeah, they've got a couple of very isolated So issues. if you look at their cases yeah. versus their modeled curve, yeah. their cases are just starting to come right up off the curve. Right. 
and their daily cases are right up off the curve and there are not it's just bouncing right back up Mm -hmm. i don't have that graph but Mm -hmm. and it's not because they're not doing a good job that's the scary part Alberta is doing a great job mm-hmm. with their surveillance and communication and testing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's just the reality that everybody's going to have these fires to fight and Ontario has to get more ready because I feel like we're less ready than Alberta like it's gonna to come. have those outbreaks. And yeah. But right now... At least in community spread, like Ontario and Quebec's biggest challenge is long-term care homes, um, which they're finally making moves to put an actual iron ring around. How? Well, they're putting in place that people are only allowed to work at one right, right, right. place. Yes. But they're not doing it very well. So in BC, I guess, I don't know if you, did you hear that BC took over the employment of all the PSWs. Right. Like they're now employed by the province and yeah. working at one facility. So they can control. And being paid yeah. as full-time workers. Like That's good. And Ontario and Quebec aren't doing that though. They're just saying you can't work at more than one facility. And, and then they're sort of leaving it know. up to each agency to like. To figure it out. It's, a, it's like the problem is it leaves so many loopholes. Like it just, yeah. I bet the agencies don't even know like one agency. Why would one agency even know where else that their staff are working? Right. Like I a know. PSW. Well, it's just, they're going to have so to you declare can say, it's going to be a mess. I mean, you can, you can ask them, you can say, this is now the policy. You can't work anywhere else. But it's like, and then no one's going to, but now is the time. Like now is the time when the worth of these people is very obvious. Yes. And when they choose to not do their jobs because they're not being paid well enough or protected well enough, yeah. what's happening is they're sending, the province is sending in teams from hospitals yes. to these areas, much higher paid hospital workers yeah. who are needed in the hospital. Mm, yeah. Like, why not just pay properly the people who are doing the job now yeah, yeah. Uh, UHN, and we know got how to do it. UHN sent out an email from the CEO, Kevin Smith. He said that well, they're looking for people to go into long-term care from, and UHN wants to, supp- there's such a need that they're going to, essentially, if you choose to go, you get paid at your current rate. Yeah. Well, f- and you'll do whatever job they need yeah. there. And they've done it. Yeah. They yeah, put it on yeah. Twitter. The yeah. first, the first UHN team going out to a long-term care home. Yeah. And that's great because it's needed and it's supported, but it's, it, it's supportive, but it costs a lot more than just paying properly the people who are already doing the work. Mm-hmm. Just pay them and protect them like you're paying and protecting the hospital workers that you're taking from the hospitals. Mm-hmm. Like it just seems obvious, but I guess these things are rarely obvious. It just seems very obvious that that's what needs to happen, but... Mm-hmm. I'm willing to admit that maybe there's something I don't know here. I mean, it just, it adds up to, I think it's, it's the same issue as teachers. Like they just do such an important job yet. We kind of, we underpay them chronically. Yeah. Well, teachers, teachers are well paid. Well paid relative to PSWs. Like I think more the 
supporting education. Sure. Stuff is where. Sure. Yeah, definitely there. But I mean, the the point is, it's like if you multiply, it's like if you have, if you have so many people, if you any increase in wages you try to put in there, it just multiplies so huge into what mm-hmm. the costs from to the province. It's it's like they just try to push it down as much as they can because any little blip upwards is a huge cost but now we see the price of that yeah now it's very evident yeah the cost yeah no and and hopefully things will change let's see i was listening to a very interesting planet money podcast the other day where they're talking about how economists value a life Mm mm-hmm and an interesting story about how they used to value it just kind of like the average salary and so a life was kind of worth $300,000 and then one time they were doing this calculation for should we label dangerous chemicals or not and it was like it came out to it wasn't worth it to label the chemicals to save 5,000 lives and somebody's like this doesn't make any sense and so they found a different way to value a life and it ended up being around $10 million. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's different estimates out there, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. So all to say when you're looking at saving lives, yeah. it's, yeah, should invest. And there's so much, the the thing that, one of my mentors, Jeff Burney, always talks about in the in care of older adults. Like he's basically built a career around those w- how to do that better. And he always talks about there's so much research into developing apps and robots and things like that and artificial intelligence to do things. But someone still has to get someone out of a bed. Someone still has to get them onto a toilet into a bathtub like there's just there are in japan these crazy looking robot type things like these things that in theory should be are designed to lift people but you see them in use and you see them lifting like a hundred pound female like it's not like a 250 pound guy that they're trying to lift and move because they would be bruised they would be you just can't lift them people like that you there you have to be gentle and yeah and all hopefully what this also demonstrates is there's a need to find more efficient safer ways to do all the work where infection control is given a better you know there's more importance given to infection control i have a feeling you know this i had this idea for a product a long time ago and it just keeps coming back into my head that just a very simple device that when you come into someone's home if you have a I mean this is for home care but you could imagine something similar in long-term care right before you get into a patient's room there's just a thing on the wa- on the door that starts to flash or has a little beep and that keeps beeping or flashing until you press a little alcohol gel dispenser and wash your hands at the instant you come through and you could have that at home if you had someone vulnerable. Like I keep thinking we need that. We need to make one mm-hmm. for home because we want to know everyone coming in the door. You just do keep. 
(laughs) because it's so simple right like we know we have to wash our hands as soon as we come in but how often do we forget we probably forget a lot right like we probably forget too much and if we just had something as simple as that like it doesn't have to be it doesn't necessarily have to be so high tech a lot of the problems that we need to solve we need to treat people better and help them do their jobs like plug the, help them plug the holes that are probably there in the system and, and uh, hopefully that's mm-hmm. where it goes yeah hopefully and we won't see another bug ripping through another retirement home because you know in theory people are supposed to wash their hands before you know as they move in to see a patient and when they leave to see a patient like they're washing they should be washing their hands two or three times in that process and if you were you wouldn't see this right you wouldn't see these things happening if people were actually doing that Mm -hmm. um I found an interesting Twitter thread the other day by a random epidemiologist on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And he was just talking about how he's amazed that the only thing being discussed about COVID-19 um, and the lockdown is mortality. Like mm-hmm. that seems to be the way, like we have to lock down so that people don't die. Mm-hmm. And what's the trade off there? But his point is there's a lot of other things that this virus does beside kill you. And maybe we should take those into consideration, Mm -hmm. too, so people that survive. And the fact that there's so much we don't even know about this disease yet. Mm -hmm. So he's saying that there are reports of 25% pulmonary function deficit Mm -hmm. that can take years or decades to heal. Joint inflammations, liver damage. um, And there's neurological aspects to this disease. Some people are reporting being... Like some severe cases are experiencing confusion Mm -hmm. and everybody knows about the lost, lost senses of smell and taste. Mm -hmm. So he's saying, obviously the mortality, mortality is a very significant thing, but it's not the only thing that we have to consider when we're considering impacts. Yeah. I think Milos posted something on Twitter talking about, yeah, there's going to be a big demand in rehab for, people who yeah do survive but Milos is your boss yeah institute director and uh yeah just uh, there's going to be a large number of people who will need yeah need to get healthier fully to, to recover more it's not just the acute recovery yeah very true and what else Oh, right. Well, I found a new way to get COVID information into my brain mm-hmm. today. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I found this app called Autumn, A-U-D-M, where they read, um, they basically take newspaper and magazine articles, like long ones, mm-hmm. and record them like audiobooks, like really high quality. In fact, some of the... Um, narrators who narrate audiobooks are the same people mm-hmm. who read these articles really high quality mm-hmm. and so you can listen like I never have like there's always these long articles in the New York Times or whatever that mm-hmm. I try and read but never have time for and now I can just pop it in my ear mm-hmm. 
I was listening to one today while reading Kate in a book. Mm-hmm. I was impressed. That's, I think, that's impressive. Because yeah. I've read the book so many times. Mm-hmm. I can just do it. Anyway, so there is an article. I believe it's in the New York Times. Um, it was written by an ER doctor in New York City. And it's like a basically like her diary of the last six weeks. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot in there to unpack. Um, And I highly recommend reading it. But one of the things that she said that I had read another doctor saying, and I've heard actually several doctors saying in different places, Mm -hmm. is how useless they feel. (laughs) Because they have no effective treatment. Yeah. They are really bad, although getting better, but bad at knowing who's going to do well and who's going to crash right they're really unsure about who to send home and who to keep in hospital mm-hmm. and people keep surprising them by dying or mm-hmm. doing well and there and there's just this frustration and one doctor mentioned like i'm sitting at home and wondering if I'll be more useful if I just go around sanitizing the doorknobs of all my neighbors' apartments. Skip and I might point. be more useful that way than going to my shift at the hospital being a doctor. Fascinating. And this doctor who wrote the diary said kind of the same thing. I forget what her comparison mm-hmm. was. but she That's was interesting. Oh, she's no, hers was she thinks that she would be more useful just holding patients' hands. Yeah. Than like doing anything, trying to do anything medical. So yet they're doing so much. Like the flip side of that is when you read what they're doing, like they they're clearly trying so much. They are still doctoring. So I think it's probably just how they're feeling as opposed to mm-hmm. what's actually happening. But mm-hmm. yeah, and then the, the doctors ad- are not all right. Yeah, and then on the other side of that is the the family doctors who are like in I guess Ontario in Ontario, anyways. Who there's very few people, I guess, going to their family doctors, and like many clinics, I guess, are closed. There's some, I guess, some people are calling in like now that they can bill OHIP for a phone, and I guess is there internet consults? Like, mm-hmm. can you do st- yep. whatever their system? I don't know what system they use, but. Though they can bill uh, for those as appointments, but apparently they're not getting paid for those. Like the money from those billings will not come through for a while. I, I forget what they mm-hmm. said exactly, but it sounds like a s- many doctors are I- at risk of not being able to pay their rent for their clinics and for their. Yeah, I saw on Twitter today somebody posted that they did. S- 70 they saw 70 patients that mm-hmm. day not in person on the phone mm-hmm. and that they were going to get zero dollars from OHIP for it there was no further explanation about whether they would get that money later or what the issue was but yeah the issue th- what i'd heard is that it's just like they've put in the billing thing but it's not i don't know you can imagine how old and busted all these systems mm-hmm. billing systems are so mm-hmm. it's probably gonna take a while to get this actually working right but but family doctors are so they're in trouble. Like it's crazy that there's somehow doctors right now are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I went to Financial the doctor trouble. the other day, and I, the way that it worked, 
so I go to a clinic that has three locations and so I they make everybody call in first you can't just like go to the clinic so I called my doctor Mm -hmm. and we spoke on the phone and then she said okay I'll give you a clinic appointment for tomorrow Mm -hmm. but the clinic that I go to close to our house is closed completely Mm -hmm. they've (coughs) aggregated all three of their clinics into one location Mm -hmm. so I had to go to one more on the east side of town and then I saw a doctor who's not my doctor but who was better than my doctor so that was okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and then then that was it mm-hmm. but it was very like and they r- the the um there were no chairs like in the waiting room or anything like everything was just stripped oh. bare so what do you do you just stand you just in stand the they have a little sign that says please stand two meters away from this table and you just wait for somebody to come and they tell you what room to go into oh, and you give go you right a mask because they because you, you booked right the time the, you're not supposed to come early right because you come right for your appointment time yeah. And then you go right into the room. That's yeah. good. I would like that if that was. <laughs> <laughs> I hate waiting. <laughs> it always works. Yeah. Well, m- I mean, my clinic's usually pretty good about waiting. Yeah. But yeah, it was weird. Yeah. But that's that's how it went down. And then we cut my hair today. <laughs> we cut your hair today. It Quarantine haircut. Yep. It was time. It was so long and annoying. Yeah. Thank you for helping for the back and the sides. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. I feel like it it's looks very pretty satisfying feel to like cut hair. It looks pretty good. I'm, I'm happy with it. I mean, it's not like as good as it normally is. I'm not going to cut my hair. I just bought hair elastics. <laughs> Pony We're just going to grow it. You should. S- th- there's a graph. You could see. Yeah. <laughs> ponytail usage going up there's a graph i saw where it was showing (laughs) like you know vehicle use dropping off and internet use drop going up and walks everyone's all of a sudden taking walks Mm -hmm. and then yeah ponytail use was like as it goes on it's gonna keep going up and up okay what else oh yeah there's this website i found that it's a U.S. centered website, but it's still pretty cool data. It's rt.live, mm. and it's tracking the reproduction number for all the states. Mm-hmm. And you can see they have it graphed out really well, like which states are below one and which states are one and above. And it has all the each state graphed over time, so you can see like every single state mm. plummeted when the when they're kind of all sheltering in place. Mm-hmm. And then what state is this? Idaho went well under one and now it's back up mm. in the red. So you just, you get these bounce, all these bounces. It's like every Seems. state that hits one or gets under one, then they they just come right back up again. Mm-hmm. So we really got to watch it. It's like a spring, right? How do you let off the spring gently? Mm-hmm. Gently. Well, did we already talk about how Germany's talking about using the R, tracking the R not as, as their like indicator oh. to see when they need to like lock down again? Yeah. Yeah. Is the has there been more on the? M- I haven't really been following the news the last couple of days, but the 
this movement to end the shutdown, is it gaining momentum? Like, is the U.S. still moving towards that? Well, it's... <sighs> how do you know, like... It's getting a lot of media attention. Yeah. But the amount of media attention something receives is not proportional no. to the real impact that it's having. So I don't know. Yeah. I saw some people, some Redditors did some digging about these protests. Mm -hmm. And apparently, like, uh, the websites for the whatever, free Michigan, free whatever were all like set up by the same person at the same time and it seems to be like there's some kind of mm, organized effort behind these it's not just grassroots like they're trying to make it appear yeah it never is it never is yeah right uh. so i don't know the story will probably come out on that Oh, I remember the other big story that I wanted to talk about that I forgot to write down. Uh -huh. Getting PPE, getting personal oh, yeah. protective equipment in the United States of America oh, yeah. for these states is like, it is like, they're going to make movies about this yeah. someday. Just <laughs> the PPE aspect. Yes. We should just pause say. and say thank you to John Oriopoulos, who's going to get us some masks because of what we talked about and our trying to get oh, masks yeah he's gonna thanks john and so he's uh they're not they're not n95s but i think they're like a comparable like kn95s KN95s? I think, which are somehow similar i'm not i don't understand but but yeah i feel like our personal home situation is not quite the same as trying to procure millions of masks for state hospitals but it's kind of I mean, basically almost the same no like it feels because <laughs> i feel like i can't even if i can find like if i tried i bet we i bet we could buy them right but i feel like it's somehow irrational not irrational but immoral to take to buy these things when healthcare systems need them right there's mm -hmm. they're in higher demand there so i don't you know i i I think there's this like pressure on me to know, like if it were just up to me to get them, I feel like I could find a way to get them, mm -hmm. get PP, but it feels like there's like this. Yeah. So we're trying to take them not from healthcare yeah. routes or find things that people wouldn't be using in healthcare. No one's mm -hmm. looking for these particular yeah. kinds. Yeah. So, and my friend Julie's going to bring us, yes. she found some 95s on the farm. Yes. She's going to bring us a couple of those. That's amazing. So, yeah, mm -hmm. we just need a couple. But anyways, mm -hmm. in the states, yes, all every state needs millions of masks and gloves and face shields and gowns. And there's no coordinated national effort to procure or distribute them. Yeah, Trump has just said the states are on their own. And so the states end up bidding against each other in a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. And people are people who can get their hands on masks are charging crazy prices sometimes mm -hmm. and then this extra layer of insaneness has been added in that sometimes when state governments get their hands on a shipment it's seized by the federal government mm -hmm. 
and no one has yet figured out why that would be or what happens with that PPE. And so state governments have taken to like hot, like covertly bringing PPE into the states. Mm -hmm. And it's insane. And there's two stories I was reading about this. One was uh, Planet Money again. I think just the Friday episode Mm -hmm. called The Mask Man. It was a story of these, um, how Illinois got some masks. Mm -hmm. And they almost lost them because, I guess they didn't almost, they could have lost them. But the group of people who were bringing the masks in from China, they all lived in Illinois. Mm-hmm. So when another state approached them, like basically offering to pay double what Illinois was paying, mm-hmm. they didn't take the higher amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Illinois, like it just, it was a, it was just a thriller. Like and then Illinois' system for payment was like so slow and archaic. They almost couldn't get the money mm-hmm. out in time to get the masks, and it was a whole drama. Mm-hmm. And then the New England Journal of Medicine posted a story of um, a small hospital network trying to get masks, a similar thing. They had the they had the masks like they met in a parking lot somewhere and the masks were in trucks that were disguised to look like food delivery trucks mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. But the FBI still showed up and they almost had that shipment seized and then somehow some i don't know they got their congressional person involved and it's just it's insane yeah it's ripe for corruption when people like it's yeah what you need is a central coordination clearly yeah and uh hopefully that's something that is highlighted like as a just a con like a going forward here's your most basic plan I mean of action I think everybody knows that the only people that I don't, don't know it I are the I people in charge that's what i mean like do i they all don't of, seem to know all that of the states are fully aware they're asking for this they want that they want this they're like what and sometimes even in these bidding wars the feds are also bidding for the ppd yeah. which again doesn't make any sense Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. why do the states have to bid against the federal government like Mm -hmm. anyways this is not our situation but there was a story in the toronto star about a canadian order of five million masks (sighs) that got taken on the tarmac in china before it got here by we don't know who it it sounded like they got outbid so they it's not like they lost the money like it wasn't just stolen but the no 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 they were outbid uh, yeah but I mean, like it was getting loaded yeah, to come yeah. here and then just went on a different plane. Who knows where it went to? Yeah. And no one knows where it went. Yeah. There is, I mean, you get this. I, I feel like it's all like there is a bit more coordination here in Canada, but it still yeah. felt like so the fet, you know, there was those five million masks that were going to come. And then there was this thing where they were going to hold them in the U.S. They were, but then whatever, 1 million of them got through or 500,000 of them got through, they let through 500,000. And, but during that exchange, like it sounded like there was this expectation from Ontario, like 
Doug Ford said, well, our population is this percentage of Canada, so we're expecting to get this many masks from the incoming shipment. But, like, I don't think it was, like, it, it didn't feel like it was particularly well coordinated. Like, mm-hmm. people didn't know what who was getting what masks. It's true that it's probably not well coordinated, but there is an attempt at yeah. coordination. All the provinces seem to be working together. Yeah. There's a news from like a week ago where Alberta said that they were actually going to donate some of their PPE to other provinces because mm-hmm. they seem to have sufficient amounts. Yeah. Which I mean that's what you amazing. need to do. You just need to pool the resources and say, okay, who mm-hmm. needs it the most and like mm-hmm. just get it there. And then yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what we need to do globally, which is which is kind of what I mean was happening. But people seem to be frowning on that now because, you know, like we sent some to China. We sent PPE to China and then now there's not as much. Yeah, but they sent it back already. Yeah, they've sent stuff back. I mean, it's but there were quite critical like there's been reporting in the papers talking Mm -hmm. about like why did we send away all these Mm -hmm. masks to China? Well, it's because that's how if you want to play this as an infinite game you help everybody and hope that everyone will do the same mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. all right are we done i think that's my list hmm. i don't have a very good joke tonight bad I jokes are even bad joke. i mean good jokes are in bad taste for a such a serious topic so i think it's <laughs> a bad joke that's <laughs> Okay, I told you this one already, but oh. I'll tell it again. Mm-hmm. Which is that husband looked at his wife and said, it's really great that I get to be in quarantine with somebody that I love and appreciate and I'm friends with. And she goes, must be nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's mean. And then I told that joke to Tillich and then we kind of laughed and he goes, what, what? What's the joke? <laughs> so we had to explain. <laughs> it was a mean joke. person wasn't being nice. Yeah. You can't say anything about around Avery without getting, what? What did you say? What does that mean? He's learning a lot. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. He's learning a lot. All right. All right. Good night. Wrapping it up for tonight. Good night.